Hello, fellow riders. This is your host, Rusty James. It is Wednesday, March 2nd, 2016, and this is The Ride. La 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 I am driving through a winter wonderland. It is very pretty. It's been very dangerous. But the sky is clear. Visibility is 100%. And the roads are not that bad at this point in time. All in all, it's very pretty. And as far as I'm concerned, this can be the winter's last hurrah. It's March for Pete's sakes. Let's be done with this stuff. I think our roads are gonna clear off because I just got onto the main r road here and the sunshine has melted off the snow. So yeah, it's pretty nice actually. How are you doing today? Glad you could hang out with me. Join me in the passenger seat of the ride. You know, when we talk about things in the culture, a lot of times I'm talking about books or movies maybe TV shows and I don't know I've been through I don't know people might look at movies as just pure entertainment nothing more but for me I don't know what it is in these years that I've had some difficulty I've actually used movies as an escape as a way for me to I don't know if this is a good or bad thing but a way for me to legitimize certain thoughts and feelings I've had about life. And so if, if I'm doing that, uh, I know other people are doing it too. Here's an example. Uh, you know, you might see a movie where you have the spy and like a James Bond thing or something. And he takes risks that you would never take. But in order to save the world, of course, he's going to take the risk. And so somehow you say to yourself, oh, you know what, maybe I should take a risk like that. And for a whole week, I might think that, looking for that risk to take. And eventually it kind of wears off and, and you get back to your normal life uh, parameters. I guess I want to just point out the danger in that because you look at a movie and, and you... I think many people do this. I know I have done this. You adopt the moral compass of the hero, whether that's good or bad. And you know, you're given reasons why you should do that because, after all, the hero of the story, you know, gets the girl or saves the world or finds the, the dangerous thing that needs to be destroyed, you know. It's all legitimate. And the world has no shortage of that kind of stuff. So I guess that's just a caution, because, you know, if, if it can get me, it can get anyone. You know, I've, I've known Jesus Christ for my whole entire life, and I still have times where I want to it's not that I doubt his solutions, but I want my own solution. 
I'll admit. I want my own way. You know, his way might not seem to be the best way. So I'll apply a morality that the world says is kind of okay to apply, but but he has a different standard. So that's my warning, is that we ought to be always bringing what we're picking up from the culture and comparing it to what he has said. I was reading Job this morning. There's a spot in there where Job is, you know, he's... If you don't know the story, he's suffering a lot of calamity in his life. And God has allowed this to happen. Now, side note, that doesn't that's not always the case. I don't believe that that's always the case. I haven't really talked about this before about the sovereignty of the Lord and how some folks believe that anything that happens to you is because God permitted it. I don't believe the Word of God gives us that picture. I believe it's a dangerous picture because one, it, it allows us to blame God for bad things that happen and, and, and lose our faith. That's one thing that can happen. And two, it takes a lot of responsibility off yourself because, hey, if things are going to happen, it's just because God let it happen. I have no res- I don't have any responsibility in the matter. I think those are dangerous things. We'll talk more about that issue later when I've done more study on it and can back it up with more scripture. But I believe that things happen in the world and they don't line up with the will of God. Because what what you're saying, if you believe that the sovereignty of God is in effect and that everything that happens is because he allows it, that means that you would you would have to agree that the will of God is that you get sick or that that baby dies in the womb at the hands of its mother or that this genocide happens. It's all because of God's will. And I will not believe that. And I believe there's scripture that backs that up. It's his desire that all be saved. And how can they be saved unless they hear? So how can you say that God wills the death of people, for example? Or if someone has gone through a period of time and they have taken their life or there's some kind of a problem and their life is cut short, how can you say that that's the will of God? I I cannot accept that. And what I believe is the situation here is that God's will does not come to pass sometimes. It's clear. His will is that we all be saved, and yet there are some who refuse to accept him. So that means that the will of the person trumps the will of God. And that's the way he set it up, because he wants us to love him without the requirement of loving him. He's given us a free will. And because he's given us a free will, people can make decisions that are against the will of God And an idiot, I'm sorry, someone who does something idiotic, like unloads a gun into many people in Kalamazoo, can take the lives of people and it not be God's will. So, getting back to the Job thing. Job is a story where we see God controlling this 
calamity that's in Job's life, but I just wanted to stress that it's not always that way. And I, I struggle with the story of Job. And, you know, is this supposed to be how... I think a lot of people use this as the example of how God operates. I don't believe that that's an example of how God operates. In this story, it's shown that he operated this way. In the New Testament, people are healed, and Jesus declares that it's their faith that healed them. And then in other examples, their faith didn't have anything to do with the healing. So it's dangerous to pick just a handful of things and say, this is how God works, when it's not always that way. So anyway, so Job, he's dealing with this calamity. And he says something about, I could go to the north, I could go to the south, and, and I won't find you. I can go to the east, and I can go to the west, and I won't find you. You won't be there. That was the first time I really heard that, and I'm, I didn't read enough to really study what he was meaning there, but what struck me right there is that you could go all these places and not find God there. Why? Because God's right where you're at. He hasn't left you, and he'll never forsake you. You know how I told you earlier that, you know, I'll watch a movie and and I'll maybe adopt some of the uh, emotions or opinions of the people in the movie? And, you know, that's fine if you're aligning it with Scripture and aligning it with how we ought to see the world and aligning it with the way God sees things, certainly. But too often it's not that way. And then... And then we can sometimes use examples in life. You see someone who's doing something and their moral compass is kind of a little bit bent. And you can choose to align with that. And then you'd be bent. You can choose to stick to the Word of God and do your own thing. Or the best thing is to stick to the Word of God, do your thing and help them see the bend so that maybe they can align with the Word of God as well. I don't know, I'm feeling a little melancholy today if you can't tell from my voice. I heard news just yesterday of uh, the passing of someone that I don't think it was their time and it saddens me. And it makes me all the more driven to share the gospel with you. Because I know that there are those out there that I, I, I don't know about you. I know about all the nations that hear this, but I don't necessarily know who you are. But you need to know that I pray for you. And I'm praying for you right now. And I believe that prayer avails much. And if you're hearing my voice here, and you're going through a struggle, perhaps you have adopted some ideas through media, through movies, TV, music, books, whatever it is, and, and you know that it's not quite the kind of standard that you ought to live by. Because you know the Word of God enough to know, hey, you know, this doesn't quite fit 
I want to encourage you that no matter how bent your ideas are compared to Scripture, God hasn't left you. He's not to the north, to the south, to the east, to the west. Some journey you have to go hunt him down. No, he's right with you. Even in the midst of whatever it is you are in, he's right there. You just need to call out his name. I know things happen in life that don't make much sense. I can't figure things out at times. I want to figure them out. I want to know why things happen. I feel comfortable, though, knowing that sometimes the why of life isn't always because God said this is supposed to happen. Sometimes the will of God is not done. I mean, if if it was always done, then we wouldn't have to seek out the will of God. We would just be doing it without even trying, right? So sometimes the will of God has is not accomplished. Well, I want to accomplish the will of God in my life and in the lives of the people around me. I want it to be fruitful. And I trust that that's the way you want to live too. When you see God's will accomplished, it's a great feeling. It's a great, it's deeper than just a feeling. It's a knowing that you're aligned with heaven, with the mastermind of creation. It's a satisfaction that goes beyond anything that the world can ever offer. If you're looking for that today, let's just go to the Father right now and ask for that. Open your hearts with me right now. Lord Jesus, we thank you that we can call on your name and we can be in your presence, that you are with us even in the middle of hardship, and that nothing we do can separate us Lord, help us to relinquish some of the opinions and the thought processes of the world that we may have absorbed that don't fully line up with how we ought to be. We relinquish that now. We want you to be the Lord of our life. And by faith, we declare that as we walk in the will that you have for us, that there will be such a high satisfaction of life that will be unstoppable. Because you can't, you can't stop the power of God. And we just want the life of the power of God in us. We ask for forgiveness for the things that we've done that have caused that power of God to, to not be fully active in our life. We ask for your forgiveness. We repent and we turn around. We want to live according to your word. We believe that you died on the cross that Jesus, you were the Son of God, and you came to earth to redeem mankind, and you died on the cross as a sacrifice for the sin that causes us to not hear the Lord, that causes us to have the wrong attitudes. But you died, and then you rose from the dead. And in doing that, you set us free from the prison. You set us free from the prison that would want to keep us quiet. Keep us down. And because of that, we are now standing and walking in your ways. Help us as we do this, Lord, every day. Help us to hear your voice every day. Thank you for being there for us today. 
and thank you for being there for us tomorrow. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Excellent. Okay, my friends, you stay in the word and you live in peace. You pray for those who persecute you. And be cautious when you're letting ideas and thought processes into your mind. Make sure that they align with the Spirit of the Lord who is present and active in your life. And expect that as you let the will of God have His full way in your life, that you will be victorious and nothing can stop you, baby. And I will see you on the flip.